Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you on this Tuesday as the Eagles look ahead now to the New York Football Jets. No, oh, I'm sorry. That's the New York Football Giants. It's just the New York Jets on Sunday. It's hard to get it all straight because, well, the Eagles are kind of doing the same thing they did last week, getting ready for a road trip up the Jersey Turnpike. And on Sunday, it will be to play the New York Jets, a team against which the Eagles have, and get this, sit back and understand, absorb this, in a series that began in 1973, an 11-0 record against the New York Jets. The Eagles certainly hoping to push it to 12-0. Dave Spadaro here, Novacare Complex, tough loss on Sunday against the Giants. Big one for the Eagles on Sunday against a Jets team that's not very good, 3-8. and eight. Uh, We know that they're just not a very good football team. Um, but they won on Sunday against the Houston Texans. They're a team that is worth paying attention to. They play hard. And the Eagles are going into the bye week after this. And the Eagles are in a playoff chase. So the margin for error is very, very narrow. We'll find out more about the Jets in just a bit from my buddy Randy Lang, NewYorkJets.com. We're also going to hear from David Akers, the all-time leading scorer in Philadelphia Eagles franchise history. Spoke to him last week about Jake Elliott and the performance that Jake has had this season. Jake has been on point. And he's now third all-time in the Eagles franchise history record books for points scored. But he's way behind David Akers. Anyway, let's begin this week with what we do every week. Our one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Welcome to our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Coach, how are you? Tough loss against the Giants. I wonder if you believe in the idea of taking one step back to take two steps forward, and if that's the case, what do you learn from the loss to the Giants? Every game, every game, win or loss, is going to give you an opportunity to get better from and learn from your mistakes because there's mistakes in every game. There's there's 11 players on the field. There's 65 offensive plays, 65 defensive plays, 20-plus special teams plays. So if you're not learning from a, a win or a loss, right, that those are the teams that aren't getting better. And so, um, obviously, this one stings. This one hurts. Uh, I think there was a lot of guys that played good football uh, yesterday. Uh, but, you know, we got to go back to the drawing board and, and learn from the mistakes and put ourselves in position to win next week against the Jets. Jalen Hurts really lamented in the postgame interviews his three interceptions. And I wonder when you're watching film with him, reviewing the game, you and the coaches and Jalen, what are those sessions like? How intensive are they um, because you know, he, he knows, you know, he said he after the game he shouldn't have thrown the pass at the end of the first half. Like, what's it like when you're going through that that session with him? It's just truthful conversations. I think uh, as as a coach, I think when you get in trouble as a coach is when you and when you sugarcoat anything and and you know after you know whether you you let it become about outcomes, uh, you just tell you just tell the truth on every play, and I think that's where players respect the fact that you. you no matter who it is, you tell the truth on every play, whether it was good, whether it was bad, because you can learn from those things, right? And so when it's bad, right, not just Jalen can learn from that. The whole team, you know, everybody can learn from that, you know, or, or all the quarterbacks can learn from that. When it's good, the same thing. You tell the truth, uh, and everybody can learn from that. And so that's what it, it's about. We praise we praise it when it's when it's good. 
We correct it when it's bad. Uh, again, correcting it looks different every time. It doesn't, I don't know if it looks the same every time. It's not always a yell or scream. It's not always a pat on the back, but you know, that's the art of coaching. And, and we just try to do what we can do to, to, uh, to tell the truth so we don't repeat mistakes and to tell the truth so we make the, the plays that we've made in the past do them again. From a macro standpoint, not just the Sunday's game, but in, in general, what have you seen from the past game over the last several weeks and how much progress have you made there? I think we're I think where we've made some progress is in our play action game. Um, I think that's been pretty successful coming off the run game that we've had. Um, that that the play action game's been pretty uh, um, efficient. Um, our drop back game needs to be better uh, in areas. Um, you know, it's been good in, in some of the areas, but in other areas, you know, more longer situations, it hasn't been as good as we want it. I know it's not as successful uh, conversion rates on the longer ranges, third and long, second and long, uh, but we still need to be better in those areas. Uh, again, that always starts with me. Anytime we're struggling in an area, uh, we got, you know, we got a lot of good players on this football team. So anytime we're struggling in an area, I'm going to always look to myself first and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fight like crazy to try to get it fixed. Coach, you said that Devontae and Dallas are, the, uh, are where the passing game starts. But beyond them, how important it is to get the rest of the pass catchers more involved? And how difficult is that in the course of a game? Yeah, it just depends on how the game's going. You know, Dave, it's sometimes, sometimes you're running the ball really well and you want to stick to the run. And so, you know, a guy that you might want to get, get more involved doesn't have the opportunities as much. So you just got to take advantage of the opportunities that you're, you're given and make every play count. Um, as far as I'm sorry, what was your what was getting, the first how, part? How the first part was how important is getting involved, those players involved, yeah. and then how difficult is it to get them involved? Yeah, the the first part I think I answered your second part already, but the first part of it is is very important, right? Because you don't want to be one dimensional on anything you do, right? You don't want to you don't want to be one dimensional on run pass ratio or pass run ratio. You don't want to be one dimensional of every time you're in this formation. Uh, that be the, the case, or you're only throwing it to this guy or that guy in certain sets. And so, you know, when you are one-dimensional, it's easier for a defense to take you away. And we're trying to make ourselves as difficult as possible for the defense to defend while also getting our playmakers the ball. And I think we got a lot of playmakers on this team. A tribute to Howie and his staff. They've done a good job of, of giving us guys to work with and, and to, uh, that can make plays. And that's our job as coaches to put these guys in position to make plays uh, uh so we can be successful. Football, as you know, a very humbling game, ups and downs through the course of a season. Young players have to understand that. So for someone like Jalen Rager, um, how do you keep or how does he keep his confidence level high? What, what, do you, what do you impart to a young player like that? Yeah, I think we, we talk about it all the time, dog mentality. And we've talked about this uh, from day one. Like you, you go out and you make a big play, you got to play the next play. Because it is, this is a humbling game. It can humble you quick. Um, you know, you go out there and you and you and you don't make a play. You got to go make the next play because you don't want those to stack on top of each other. And so uh, it is. It's truly dog mentality. I think that is a. It, 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 I don't know if there's another sport, uh, college, pro, uh, like NFL, where you have to have that dog mentality, where you have to have short-term memory. You learn from the past. You try to repeat the past if it's good. You learn from the past if it's bad. Uh, but you got to be able to to move on and play the next play. That dog mentality, mental toughness, however you want to say it, that is critical in this league. Can that be developed or is it innate in a player? 
I think definitely it can be developed. It's all about your mindset and and how you're and how you handle it. I think if you never, I think this league again is is the one like, um, I don't know if if colleges go through this as much as and or, or a college player that plays in the NFL goes through this as much um, because of the success they have in college. You really learn it. I think you can really learn this in the ups and downs of this season. I mean, I mean, again, I'm only ever going to talk about one game at a time, but I do know that. Uh, we need to go win this Jets game, um, but I do know that we're still alive in this playoff playoff race. And so, um, but again, you can't do anything about that unless you win your your first game one at a time. And so, if you're not like so, okay, we have seven losses. Like that's a lot of losses for some of these guys that have played. So if you're not mentally tough through this, like you won't get through a hard time and potentially you know get another win and get another win and get another win to keep yourself alive and so that's the mental toughness the dog mentality that you have to have you have to have it in this league uh if you don't you're in trouble and and so i think that uh it, you can develop it just because it's a new thing to the guys that are that are young guys in this league interesting other side of the football defense has played pretty well here the last several weeks what are you seeing over there Oh, I just see, uh, you know, always it always starts up front. I think our guys up front playing really good. Flet, Fletcher Cox is playing good. Javon Hargrave, uh, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, the backups. You know, Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, they're all they're they're just Milton Williams. They're all playing good football to start right there. And I think we're getting good linebacker play. I think you're getting good play from the secondary. They're playing great, great as whole. Great job by our defensive coaches. Uh, putting them in position to to make plays, and then obviously an excellent job by our players. It always comes down to our players making. You know, they're the ones they have to go out there and execute, and they're making plays uh, and, and putting us in position to be able to win football games. So it's just been really good team defensive football uh, these last couple weeks. Sunday, it's wash, rinse, repeat up the turnpike again. MetLife Stadium, Jets are the opponent. They're coming off a win. I know it's early, um, but what what do you know about the Jets right now? You know, we got to obviously uh, practice against them, and so we know their we know their personnel. You know, a little bit. You know, I know they got a couple of former uh, Eagles there on the on their team, and uh, and so we just know. I know they're well coached. I know they're uh, they play hard because they're well coached, and I know they got some playmakers at every level, both offensively and defensively. And so, you know, it, it always comes down to us and how we prepare to put ourselves in a position to win on Sunday. So that's what we're doing right now is, is as coaches, players are getting their bodies right. Coaches are trying to uh, get the plan the plan right to put them in the best position to succeed. And that's where we are right now, still, still studying through these guys. Finally, Nick, no more flights. And there's the bye week coming up after this week. And I wonder as you try to keep everybody fresh and at their best, how instrumental do you think that could be going down the stretch? Yeah. Again, I think again you, you just you just take it one game at a time. Uh, you know, it's not. It was nice last week not having to get on a on a flight just to be able to ride up that turnpike up to the up to MetLife, um, and it'll be nice to do that again and and have some familiarity there uh, with this trip. Um, not really looking past any any more past there. Uh, I know our team after this week will is is well need, in need of a buy right because it's we're we're twelve thirteen games through. Um, it's a late buy, and so uh, you know. But so you know, we'll get our bodies rested that week, and then and then move on from there. But uh, all focus is on the Jets at this particular point. Nick, thanks so much. Our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Good luck against the Jets. Get a win on the road, and thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Dave. All right, as I mentioned earlier, before Nick came on, what a season for Jake Elliott. He's been absolutely terrific. 
18 of 20 on field goals, perfect on his PATs, great distance, three field goals of 50-plus yards. And this is a guy who had to make some corrections, a couple misses here and there. So I really wanted to get into the kicking game and the what makes this quest for perfection so difficult and so interesting to follow. So I called up David Akers, and um, he was all too willing to discuss what has gone right, well, just about everything, with Jake Elliott and the kicking game this season. Hey, David, we all watch kickers intently. We, we judge every second, every minute of it. Um, and watching what Jake is doing, 18 of 20, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, after kind of going through some blips, we all go, I, I, your perspective on that, you, you've gone through it. Well, first off, I think, and I've, I've publicly said this for several years now with him being there, um, going back to the Super Bowl year when, you know, he's probably on the ropes a little bit and then he hits the 61 yarder to, to beat the Giants and they go on and win Super Bowl that year. And, you know, I, I thought that he showed a lot of moxie, um, you know, coming back from that. Then kind of bouncing forward, you know, you, you look at what he's been able to to kind of do. And even if we go back to some guys that I feel like, and I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody, but some of the guys that have played there since I've left haven't had the, I think the mental aspect of what it takes to play in Philly, meaning this, you embrace the city of Philly and Philly will embrace you. You work your tail off. You know, you're going to have ups and downs. Everybody has ups and downs in life, but if you show them that you're working for them and you want to perform for them, they will will love you back, and, and Jake has that. He has that little kind of swag to him, and um, I think that's important to be successful in the NFL and in Philly. So people talk about last year. I think he had a lot of kicks that were close. You know, you don't ever see him really just spray one off, and, and that, um, that just shows you really, like, how close he is to, to making kicks. And some of the longer ones uh, last year that he missed, you know, were – you know, kind of out of the ordinary. And, and actually, he does a very good job of kicking longer kicks. It was some of the shorter ones that in the past have been a little bit of a struggle. And and I'm not saying that he's – when I say that a kicker's lazy, I'm not saying that they're, oh, they're, they're a lazy guy. What happens is you can kind of relax a little too much and you don't really come through the ball like you normally do on these bigger kicks to, to drive through it. And I, I call that kind of being lazy and kind of fall off the ball. I had seen a little bit of a tendency that he could do that in the past at times. Um, that's looking at, at, at a critical eye. And one thing I, I think will help him, and I'm not trying to, to say what's helped, one hasn't, but I think when you start to put together a package of things, the way you train maybe change just a little bit. Um, you, you've got different holders now. I'm not saying that you know Cam was a bad holder or anything like that. There just can be some, some similarities that you see over and over again that becomes more consistent and then you feel more comfortable with it. And then one thing that I'd like to say that um, I got to commend the Eagles on is actually getting a kicking coach and having Tyler Brown there, who I know very well and know his dad very well and um, extremely competent in what he can do. Just having an advocate who is seeing you, watching you on a daily basis and being able to to kind of help inform the special teams coach what they're seeing and kind of help that, that unit work together, you know, a little bit more critical on the snap or maybe a little bit more precise on the holding that makes 
the kicker better. And if you want to look at guys that have done that in the past, you look to what we call the wolf pack initially in the NFL. You look at Morgan Cox when he was with the, with the Ravens and Sam Cook and Justin Tucker. The precision that they work at is at a different level than a lot of teams were doing because they made it a priority. And that same type of mindset is definitely there in Philly. And, um, you know, that, that kind of comes a little bit from the Randy and the, and the Tyler Brown work. And, and again, it's not taking anything from, from, from Jake. It's actually adding value to what Jake can do because we already know he's an excellent kicker. It just helps him to kind of refine and get even better. In layman's terms, what is precision? You mentioned precision. Well, again, anything you do well in life as, as an expert in a field, it looks easy, right? But you know it, it takes painstakingly amounts of hours to look at the technique and, the, and to become a technician of that skill. And a lot of times in the special teams world and in kicking world, people look in a generalization. They look, oh, good snap, good hold, good kick. But they really, I mean, if the ball's down, you watch on TV, they're like, oh, the laces didn't get around. It may have had nothing to do with the laces. It might have been off the spot. It might not have the proper lean for the wind or whatever. And that was one thing that I was very uh, fortunate to have with a guy that was my holder for eight years in Coy Detmer. And then I had Sab Rocca for four years. You know, so eight years with Coy and then four with Sab. Though that, that's a, a long time. And you look at some of these guys, I mean, in, in the amount of time um, – that some of these kickers in the pros, I mean, they might have five, six different holders, you know? And so I was fortunate to have a consistent basis there. And so when you're talking about being precise, just the way that Morgan Cox snaps the ball back, he snaps the same side so that the holder gets the revolution where the, the NFL symbol will be on his side. And Justin Tucker would not see that side at all because it was, it was done the exact same. So you, if you're going to have success and you're consistently successful in accurate, you show that same picture every, every time. And all of a sudden, you know, you're going to see those, those uh, percentages kind of just tick up a little bit at a time. Right. And you're really talking, if you miss one or two kicks less than a year, that's a significant difference. If you're usually missing, you know, four to five, right. So you, you've cut that in half by almost 50%. So that, that's where I think you're seeing precision. You, you're, you're trying to attain perfection in a sport, in a position that you never can. So, again, my, my hat goes off to what they're doing on the special teams, what they're doing in their, in their work and how precise they are working through things, and then having an, an advocate there who is able to see and translate and then help with those guys, I think is, is key as well. And kudos to the, to the Eagles for being one of the few teams that did hire a kicking coach. David, you've always been very complimentary of Jake's form. I remember you got, and I don't know the exact technical terms, but very compact, like built to sustain. Um, is that, am I, am I right remembering that? Yeah, he's a very, he's got a very vertical swing plane and he gets through the ball down the field very well. And that is kind of, the next generation of kickers, that's kind of their thing. Uh, I did it a little bit from what I learned from John Casey, and you saw us really trying to get through the ball. Um, the next generation started earlier, and they were able to, you know, fine-tune that at, at a, I think, at a quicker pace, if that makes sense, because they're doing it younger, you know. And um, if you watch guys like 
you know, Prater and, and Jake, um, a little bit of Bucker, but um, there, it, obviously, Justin Tucker is, is very fast swing and then very compact getting through it. Um, but it's trying to get your momentum through the ball. And that's a lot different than, say, if you look at a Ryan Suckup, who is more of a, a high swing playing guy or an old school uh, Jason Hansen or a Morton Anderson or Janikowski coming across uh, kind of swing playing. And that's where you're seeing, you know, Jake's a small guy. I mean, people thought I was small. He's tiny compared to me, you know, and, um, and he's got a powerful leg and it just, you know, that fast twitch and then using momentum to get behind it and then get through the ball. And obviously the, the more square you can be at impact and getting your whole entire body downfield instead of, you see some kickers, you remember back in the day, Paul Edinger, he played for the, uh, the bears he was actually almost yeah. turning the opposite side of the field and then spun around. Well, that's all hip he's putting through the ball. Now what they're doing is using the little hip and more momentum. And at impact, you just time your hip just right. And I mean, look, Jake's a great golfer. He's a great tennis player. So he knows how to, to fire that hip because that's all those core, um, you know, sports and positions. That's what, it, you know, you have to unleash it at certain times. And that's what he does a good job on and getting it through uh, towards his target line. And then, David, finally, you know, Jake is now third on the all-time scoring list. He's coming, he's coming to get you. <laughs> he's coming. He's got a few more years, you know, to stay there. Uh, but, you know, after they, they gave him a new deal a few years ago and, um, you know, the way he's, he's performing, I don't see any reason why he doesn't go on past that. And if he does, you know, more power to him. I've enjoyed watching him. Not only is he a great player on the field, he's a great person off the field. The community is um, blessed to have him, and I'm sure he feels the same way to be in Philly. All right, now it's time to take a look at Sunday's opponent, the New York Jets. All right, now let's get a little intel on the New York Jets. And for that, we're going to go to a man who uh, has been around a while, uh, vested deeply in the game of football, and in fact, in 1973, coming out of what was then called Glassboro State University, covered the Eagles. Uh, that was a team with Harold Carmichael, Randy Logan, Roman Gabriel, I think. Let's please welcome in from NewYorkJets.com, Randy Lang. Randy, do I have the, the names right back in the days when the Eagles wore the white on white with the white helmets? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir, Dave. How you doing? Yeah, that was I'm a, doing great, man. Uh, good a, times, good times. Um, it, was a one, it was a one – I'm sorry. It was a one-year uh, – uh, parachute into the Eagles, and then I, I left South Jersey. So. Yeah. Well, hey, w- why not start with the Philadelphia Eagles back in the 1970s? Um, which I wouldn't like go crazy and say like it was totally different than what the Jets are going through in the sense of just trying to find themselves back then. Find the Jets of 2021 such a, an interesting team because we played, you know, we had the little joint practices in the summer, first year head coach, hot shot rookie. And, you know, we're, we're, what, 12 games into the season here uh, for the Eagles. Uh, for the Jets, I, I, have, you, have you found out what you are yet, do you think? Well, I think they, they're finding out, but I don't think they've found it yet because uh, there have been a lot of ups and downs. You know, you can call it the roller coaster, the NFL uh, whirly-durly, whatever. Uh, you know, but, but uh, uh, Robert Sala came in as the head coach this year, teamed up with Joe Douglas, the GM from uh, – 
the previous year. And um, they decided to go, no, they were going to go young. And uh, the young sometimes uh, doesn't look pretty. And uh, uh, besides the fact that the Jets are very young, some some uh, numbers have said that the youngest in the NFL or, or were at the start of the season. And they've also had a lot of untimely injuries. Nothing, well, I mean, there, there had been some major injuries, such as Marcus May going after the season with an Achilles and uh, you had Carl Lawson, their prize, you know, off-season acquisition pass rusher from Cincinnati, uh, you know, messed up his Achilles in, in preseason. And uh, Mackay Becton, their their stud left tackle, their monster, you know, huge mountain of a man, uh, has been out since week one with uh, knee problems. And uh, he's about to return to practice, but I, he's not playing this week. So, uh, you know, they've had those and a lot of other, you know, lesser injuries. And the youth and everything has kind of made it a little tough to see the progress, but there definitely is progress being made. Is Salah, is Salah, has he been able to kind of establish any kind of culture with all those injuries? And as I said, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, those injuries came in the, in the preseason and early in the season, and those are really hard to overcome. Has Robert been able to establish what he's all about? Well, I think so. I mean, I think that's definitely part of the plan was to uh, change the culture, establish a new culture. Uh, he's um, he's a very positive man. He he looks a little um, uh, tightly wound on the sidelines sometimes, but uh, he's not that way, certainly in uh, news conferences or around the building. Uh, and uh, he definitely has a plan in mind, which he said, you know, he's, he, he's not shy about saying that. And all the players seem to buy into it. Now, it's just a matter of, you know, they're, they're buying into it. But, again, with the youth, the inexperience, the new systems on both sides of the ball, only special teams has been a constant with Brant Boyer. <laughs> but, um, you know, all new players and, uh, and players going in and out, uh, and especially with a uh, rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson, uh, it's been hard to, to have that culture show uh, great progress in the win column, but you know I think everybody feels that it's coming. It's just not here yet. Okay, the centerpiece of it all is the name you just mentioned, Zach Wilson, who's been injured. Mike White's played quarterback. I guess Flacco's played a little bit. Josh Johnson's played a little bit. Uh, now Zach is back in the saddle. And uneven season, I get it. Uh, I liked what I saw from him in the summer in the brief time that the Eagles and the Jets were on the practice field. Your thoughts on the development of Zach Wilson? Well, yeah, I mean, Zach has, uh, I mean, even he says, you know, uh, he, he did come back after four weeks off with a knee an- a knee injury and uh, said he wasn't happy with how he played last week, even though he was the winning quarterback. Uh, but he had another slow start, and that's been the problem. He, he has looked very good on occasions, uh, but mostly it's in the second halves or late first halves. For some reason, he's got that, that trouble uh, getting finding a rhythm and and uh, and uh, being accurate with his uh, passes, both short and long, early, and then he finds the uh, the answer and uh, he has had some very fine second halves and has had some big victories. I mean, you know, I had uh, two of them. <laughs> you know, it's not a lot, but you know, he beat Tennessee as the uh, the quarterback in overtime. That was week three when the Titans looked like you know they might be heading somewhere really good, and then they did and. And now lately, not so much. But uh, uh, then he beats the Texans, a win that was the first Jets road win for Zach and for Sala and uh, for the for the new Jets, and the third win of the season. So you know he he's finding things that he needs to correct. 
uh, and and things that he needs to uh, talk with uh, his his many coaches about. Uh, they just added John Beck, who is his personal quarterback coach, in the off season, and they've added uh, Beck to the staff um, recently. So he's got another uh, uh, you know mentor to uh, to help him you know uh, get through each drive and each game and. Uh, so it, it's, you know, there, there are times when it looks like he's r- right on track and he's looking really good, and especially, you know, in, when he's slinging the ball, he's rolling out, he seems to throw well on the run, uh, and um, he's found some downfield receivers on a number of occasions. But then there's other times when, like early against the Texans, he, he just can't seem to find the handle. Uh, you know, he, he throws, the, you know, perfectly uh uh, you know, hittable uh, receivers and, and uh, can't find them. He he tosses a uh, a flip, uh, you know, as he's trying to scramble up out of trouble off of Ty Johnson's back. Ty Johnson, I don't know if Ty was looking for the ball or not, but he wasn't looking for it when when Zach flipped it to him. That was early against Houston, and uh, that was that looked troubling. Uh, but Zach got it together. The Jets got it together. The defense played. Yeah, it, like I said, roller coaster. The defense has been up and then down, pretty far down, the last four games, and now they're back up again after a very fine showing against the Texans. So that's the kind of season it's been for the Jets. Yeah, I'd like to talk about the defense. What what uh, threats will the Eagles see? What is Robert trying to do on that side of the ball with personnel? It obviously is not what he expected from the time he took the job as head coach. Yeah, it's um it's a 4-3 and it's a four man, you know, the defensive line is an attacking front and um they um they've they've had a little different approach at linebacker for this kind of defense. They have not not everybody. I mean, CJ Mosley is is a um, fine size and Jared Davis is back after an ankle injury again in preseason. Uh he's he's good size, but then you have Hamza Nasrallah-Dean and, um, you know, a few other linebackers who are new to the program and they're like 217. They're like safeties, you know, who moved up to, uh, play linebacker. And that's part of the plan. So, uh, the, the front seven is, is, um, you know, like I said, up and down, but lately they're up against the Texans. And the secondary is another work in progress because it's very young. They've lost key players. They lost safeties. As I said, Marcus May. LaMarcus Joyner came to the team in the offseason, a, a good veteran safety. He went out in the first regular season game. He won't be back. Uh, Brandon Eccles had been their starter on the right corner. Uh, he's out with an injury. So they, they, they've been hit, you know, hitting, hitting these rough patches uh, while they're trying to establish something on the back end. So they certainly need help on the front end to get them uh, get the job done on the back end. But they do have Bryce Hall playing very well on the left corner, and um, they're kind of mixing and matching safeties and, and the right corner, and they're getting the job done somehow. And they really did a number on uh, uh, Tyrod uh, Taylor and, and the Texans. They gave up two touchdown passes in the second quarter, and that was it. I mean, that's 200 yards of offense right there, which is a very low number for the Jets' defense lately. So, Randy, I guess a kind of good overview on the Jets. And I guess, look, for the Eagles, going to the bye after this game, you know, everybody on the outside thinks it's going to be a win for the Eagles. Taking the Jets lightly would be a mistake, right? Like, they're playing hard football despite the ups and downs of the season. I think you're right, Dave. And it's, um, it, it's a, you mentioned the culture, and I think that's part of the culture is that 
They wanted to bring in players who, no matter what happened this year, could see the plan and could start to execute the plan and would not get down when things got tough. And they have a, uh, several, you know, veterans who maintain that uh, message to the young players. Uh, C.J. Mosley basically on defense is one of those guys, and, and it, it, they all look up to him, and uh, uh, he's been playing well. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to rally around him, and, and they still, no matter how bad it looks on some occasions, they seem to say, all right, well, you know, let's go stack some more bricks. I think that's the operative phrase for the, the building material that, uh, that Robert uh, Sala uh, prefers. And uh, so every week they seem to, you know, have a renewed sense of optimism. They're, they're not giving up. It's not a bad locker room. Uh, they're not at each other's throats or anything like that. And uh, they're growing. And so, yeah, I would say it would be a mistake for the Eagles to take the Jets lightly. I don't think they will. But, um, you know, anything's possible in the NFL these days, as recent results have shown. The Jets sure would like to get their first two-game winning streak of the Sala, uh, Zach Wilson era. That will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you. We'll be back a bit later in the week as we set the tone for what's happening at the NovaCare Complex. Big one for the Eagles on Sunday. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Julie McLaughlin, Ray Doyle for putting this all together. Thanks to all of you again for joining each and every episode. If you have a chance to give us a review, we love those five stars. There's a link in the details section of your podcast library. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro here saying thanks for joining everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, birds! E-A-T-L-E-A!